Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I am your host, Shane Bacon. It isn't Ryder Cup week yet, but it's almost here. Really, uh, the thing we anticipate and get excited about, uh, right about mid-season every Ryder Cup year. And if you think about it, you know, these captains are are thinking about it and are working towards who they're going to pick and, and all that goes into that uh, for years. I mean, you know, you, you think about the commitment these captains have to have. We as fans have to as well. We've got to plan our weekends out. We've got to decide uh, which football games we're not going to watch because we're having Ryder Cup on the big TV. So much to think about. Tour championship this weekend, of course. So uh, we'll have a new FedEx Cup champion and then we move on to Hazeltine. But first things first, this week's podcast presented by Swing Juice. Swing Juice makes the best t-shirts for the range, for the gym, for sleeping, for really everyday life. They're comfortable, affordable, topical. Go to swingjuice.com right now to check out an always revolving selection of great golf t-shirts that'll make your buddies jealous. If you use the offer code BACON at checkout, you'll save 20%. A shout out to Yams with two Zs on Twitter, who sent in a message they bought four Swing Juice shirts with the offer code Yams. You're going to love them. Everybody will love them if you get them. They've got Ryder Cup selection shirts up right now, really for both teams, American and European. So go to swingjuice.com right now. Use the offer code BACON. You'll save 20%. It is a great deal. And uh, really a, an action-packed podcast today. Uh, Maddie Blake, uh, I worked with him back in the Back Nine Network days. He's got uh, a Facebook Live show called The Golf Show uh, that's really been gaining steam over the last month and a half, two months. Uh, he comes on with me to jump into some mailbag questions, to answer some questions uh, not only about East Lake, but really get heavy in on the Ryder Cup as we get closer, not only to that final captain's pick selection, but uh, really so much more as we prepare to Hazeltine. And speaking of Hazeltine, uh, my big guest, Chris Wood, a 28-year-old Englishman, really, really broke on the scene uh, at the Open Championship, but his BMW PGA Championship win this year uh, almost guaranteed him a spot on the Ryder Cup. He's on the Ryder Cup team, so uh, a great conversation with him. He, he was he was very nice to give us some time, uh, but we talked about you know what food he's going to bring uh, across the pond when he comes over here. We talked about uh, which player he he wants to see a, a, on the other side uh, of the fence, if you will, come Sunday singles. Uh, a big name, by the way, is who he kind of wants to see and who he wants to play. Also asked him, you know, which player on the European team he would have the most confidence in standing over a 10-footer. Uh, so it was really fun. I, 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 I was surprised uh, by the conversation with Chris Wood and excited to, to get the chat with somebody who's making a rookie appearance, one of six rookies on Darren Clark's team uh, come Hazeltine next week. But for now, uh, we will start off. Maddie Blake will get things going with questions. We will go on to Chris Wood, uh, and that'll be your podcast. As I mentioned, action-packed. Uh, you can follow me at Shane Bacon on Twitter. You can follow the clubhouse at the clubhouse pod. If you follow that clubhouse Twitter account, we're going to occasionally be giving out some swing juice uh, t-shirts. Uh, so follow that if you want a, an, an option of maybe winning a t-shirt, uh, winning a couple t-shirts, uh, winning a million bucks. I mean, who knows? You never know. It, it might be there. It might not. Uh, but we'll start things off right now. Maddie Blake from the golf show here on the clubhouse. Before we get to Chris Wood, I had to bring in my good buddy, Maddie Blake, to knock out some mailbag questions. I haven't done mailbag questions uh, in a few podcasts just because we've had so much golf going on. Um, but you know what? There's always time to start things back up, and Maddie is the perfect person to do it with. Maddie hosts The Golf Show on Facebook Live each Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find them and all their fun on Twitter and Instagram at, the, at Golf Show Live, not The Golf Show, at Golf Show Live. He also hosts a show on History Channel called Drilling Down, which premieres in November. So check your local listings. Maddie can be found on Twitter at the Maddie Blake. Maddie, that's the most intro I've ever had to do for somebody, and I've had like Ryder Cup captains on. How do you feel about all of that stuff about yourself? It's the second greatest intro I've ever gotten um, because one time I had to introduce myself at a stand-up <laughs> show. So, <laughs> was I mean, did you tell a lot about your life and such? Oh, yeah, I just did my whole bio. I just came up with my headshot and bio and just walked up and talked about myself for 20 minutes. Um, so first things first, um, I dialed your number earlier, and I uh -huh. dialed it wrong. So um, there's, a, there's a, a nice lady's voicemail that um, I'm assuming is wondering why a Skype is calling her. Second thing, uh, if people don't know, I worked with Maddie at the Back Nine Network. He's a golf fanatic. Now he's a club champion as of last week, which is well, pretty amazing. League champion. Hey, well, well, hey, listen, we, we, we can, we can, we can, you can, we can expand on that. It's not a big deal. 
I'm, I'm also, for the first time in my life, at an advanced age, I am a single-digit handicap. And I, I put on Twitter, and I meant this from the bottom of my heart, as Nick Faldo said, the, the heart of my bottom. Um, I thanked you, the great John McGinnis, and the great Hank Haney, because it was you three. Uh, you taught me to trust my fate or my draw, trust my lines, whatever they were. You said you were not trusting them, and, it was, and you were correct. Hank Haney gave me the 100 swings a day, which changed my game and John McGinnis taught me to get to my left side and he gave me a drill to get so those three things I worked on the last year and a half two years and I for the first time in my life I'm a 9.8 well congratulations and congratulates congratulations on the on the league champion or club champion or PGA tour champion whatever you are I'm very champion. let's call it that let's just call it club champion let's call it club champion well, all right, let's get into questions. We've got, I mean, literally 98.9% of these questions are about the Ryder Cup, but I feel like we need to start uh, with the Tour Championship. It gets going today, of course, at Eastlake, 30 players, $10 million. Everybody knows the drill. Uh, and it was a good question we got. John Willis uh, asked, uh, they switched the nines this year, so so not that par 3 uh, 18th is finishing. That's going to be the ninth hole. Uh, and they asked, switching of nines at Eastlake this week, drama uh, greater or less on Sunday? And, and I wanted to ask your thoughts um, to start? Well, it depends on what, what John wants. I mean, it depends, you know, it depends how you define drama, Shane. My Bill Clinton, that was awesome. That was really good. Uh, you know, are you, does, are you talking drama like a car crash? Because a 207-yard par 3 does lend to some drama potential. It also lends to the potential of just hitting in the middle of the green and, and two-putting. So I, I like to see Warriors making great golf shots. You know, and a gettable par 5, to me, does that so i'm all for the change for i love sure. it you, so okay i did a little I, and listen this is like the most research i've done for a podcast in a long time so <laughs> i went back and looked at every champion of the fedex cup and how they played the par 3 18th in the nine years that we've had champions okay here's mm-hmm. the here's the scores 2015 jordan spieth made par 14 horschel par 13 stinson par 12 snedeker bogey 11 haas made a bogey in regulation par yeah. in the playoff Par for Furyk, par for Tiger, par for Singh, par for Tiger. We've never had a FedEx Cup champion yeah. birdie the 18th hole in the final day. That whole location tucked back right, 235 yards. It is one of the most boring closing holes in all of golf. My only issue is the ninth is 600 yards. So now we have a yeah. par five where they're going to almost have to lay up to a yardage. I do hope they move the tees up on Sunday and make it 555, 560, something like that. Give these guys a chance because – what happened at the PGA Championship? We saw players with a chance to eagle the last to give themselves a chance, and that's what golfers want. That's what we want. This thing is a supposed to induce drama, isn't it? Absolutely. And look, we got we got hoodwinked. We got hoodwinked, Shane. I love that word. You know, we had Billy Haas and Jim Furyk. You know, Jim Furyk with the hat on backwards in the rain looked all dramatic, and Billy Haas hitting out of the water looked all dramatic and exciting. But like you said, their pars on a par three. So I say let it rip on a par five. Um, they will make it gettable. If the whole point of this was to make it exciting, they will make it gettable, don't you think? Well, I mean, you would, you would hope. I mean, I, I think that, again, there's nothing in golf more boring, even more boring than a long par three, than a par five that nobody can get to. That's just no right. fun, in my opinion. That's worse. Yeah, and, now, and the other thing, have you noticed all, like, there's a lot of purists, a lot of like Bobby Jones purists have been chirping up about this, about changing the course, and... Uh, I always just think about that, you know, look, Bobby Jones loved golf. And from what I've read about him, he wasn't a huge ego guy. So I think messing with his course is not going to be a problem. And they did it at Augusta in what, the 1930s, they, they switched the times and it right. worked out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, so it's, again, I'm it's, just about, it. it's, it's adding, it's adding drama. Okay. Enough, uh, tour championship. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. I'm sure everybody has a pick. Um, but and, listen, the focus is right. Let me ask you this too. You're a golfer. One last thing on this. You, I mean, do you just even as a golfer, as a player, do you like to start on a par three or end on a par three? You know, it it doesn't bother me either way, really. I mean, I you know, you play it how it is. I mean, that's one of the reasons I get annoyed when players complain about setup of a golf course is because I mean, everybody's got to play it, even if it's not what you wanted. You've still got to go out there and hit the shot that everybody else right. had to hit. I always said on eighteen, the whole location should be in the middle of the green. I mean, if it's two hundred and thirty-five yards. And these guys are hitting four and five irons. At least give them a chance to, to to take on that flag. You couldn't hit a shot close there. I mean, it was nearly impossible. Right. I mean, a righty had to hit a big fade in there. For a lefty like myself, it was virtually impossible to hit a draw in there and get it close. So, I mean, a par three, par five, par four finish, whatever. I always say all I ask is that there's 
you know, a par 72, there's four par fives and four, four par threes at least, just because I think that that is a lot more fun than a death march of, you know, 16 or, or 14 par uh, fours and then a couple par threes and par fives. But uh, right. let's move on to the Ryder Cup. Uh, it is next week. It's at Hazeltine. I mentioned Chris Wood, a member of the European Tour, uh, on the podcast uh, that'll come up in a little bit. But uh, first questions first, Jordan Burroughs. Uh, do you think Bubba has the last captain's choice locked up? Any chance they go with Justin Thomas? Uh, and, of course, other names uh, as well. I wrote about this on FoxSports.com today. But uh, your thoughts, do, do you think Bubba's going to get it? Well, no, I don't. I, well, I think he might, but I don't think he should have it locked up. And, yeah, I think there's a darn good chance that they'll look at Justin Thomas so that he is, so that he's going to announce someone like that. Because, look, I love, you know, I love Bubba. I love exciting, sexy lefties because I love you and I love Phil. But, uh, and I love the tee box at the Ryder Cup and all that stuff he did. And I love when he's with Jeff Overton and boom, baby, and his reaction to that. And I love the lavender vests. I just sent you a tweet the other day of them wearing <laughs> lavender vests in 2010. I loved all that. But look, he's ranked, what, seventh Ryder Cup, ninth in the world. That's awesome. But he's, if you look at the stats, he's like a 500 Ryder Cupper. And he's kind of heady. And I think the proof's in the pudding. The fact that there's been this delay in not picking him, I think, tells the story. A little bit. Well, there, there's some stat, and, and and I'm not going to give it away because I'm going to make you guys go to FoxSports.com/golf and actually read the article that I wrote about all this stuff. But you know, I don't think the pick should be Bubba or Justin Thomas personally. There's another name on there, and I, and I mentioned it in the in the story. Uh, is a five-time PGA Tour winner and a very good amateur player. If you wanted a little bit of a hint, but um, huh. you know, to me, uh, what I've always said about Bubba is this: um, personality-wise, you know, he might have, um, you know. He might not have the most friends on tour in the sense of PGA Tour players. Um, the one thing that I've noticed that I, I don't look at team records that much because you know we've lost six of the last seven and eight, and eight of the last ten Ryder Cups. Nobody on right. these American teams are going to have good records, and I think right. that's a point that, that, that I've heard people make, and I agree a hundred percent with it. But I think the O and three in the singles matches for Bubba, and I think he's 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 Bingo. won four holes in singles matches mm -hmm. in, in, in three. You know, over over the course of three Ryder Cups, you know it's the singles matches to me that that shows that uh, maybe the fire in the belly isn't there as much, which is so surprising. I mean, this is such an, a a guy that's pro America was excited about the Olympics, but for some reason he, he's almost looked he's almost looked cordial during these singles matches when he's getting yeah. beat. It's the opposite of how he looks on the PGA Tour when things aren't going his way. Yeah, well, from what we've learned about him and, and self-admitted some of his anxiety and stuff, the Ryder Cup is almost a perfect storm of, of that type of thing, um, whereas he can become insulated a little bit on tour week to week. The Ryder Cup, I think it's just people in your face. It's highlighting you. It's, it's the country is on the line. So I think he might, you know, despite his fun and, and the stuff he did on the tee box, I think it might bring out kind of his worst fears a little bit and you're right no one's gonna have a great record but that offer is huge and also you know we ran into some buzz saws in, in europe uh as we know very recently and so the records might not be great but there's a way a person carries himself there's a sense you get and we don't get that kind of killer instinct from him i think you're exactly right so uh, yeah i don't think he has it locked up at all do, do you have a pick i mean if you had to pick right now if davis love called you and said who is your final pick for this team do you have one that, that, that pops up in your head or somebody you'd like to see well yeah but everyone's it's everyone laughs at me uh i well i know you know what someone didn't laugh at me on your podcast and, and i i would love him to see i'd love to see him pick tiger i really would yeah it, we, we're gonna get some tiger questions later so we'll get to that but um uh Amol asked us your pick for first tee shot of the Ryder Cup from each team, and he said, "I'll take Reed for USA, Sergio Garcia for Europe." Um, Ooh, you know, one. just kind of a throw up. Who, who is who is your pick um, to hit these first tee shots come Friday morning? Well, I've always had this. <laughs> I've always had this Ryder Cup fantasy, which is the lamest type of fantasy, really, when you think about it. But I've always wanted them to do like a uh, a bad blood ceremonial tee shot, if you will, so you could have any any. Great Ryder Cup match, like they do it, like they do at Augusta, and they have you know Arnie and the the big three and Jack and and Gary Player tee off ceremoniously. I think they should do that at the Ryder Cup just to set things off in a bad blood competitive mood. So, like you know, you could have like Hale Irwin and Bernard Langer do ceremonial tee shots together, or so Justin they, Leonard and Jose hit, Maria. What if, they hit them at, what if they hit them at each other? What if they like two hundred oh, yards away? It. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool though? You take 
great matches, great grinding matches in Ryder Cup history to have those two hit a ceremonial tee shot, one from America, one from Europe. You, you have, yeah, you have Justin Leonard, uh, and who, 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 did, who, is, who is still putting in the Justin Leonard 99 Ryder Cup? Uh, Jose Maria Olofabo, right? Yeah, that's great. So, so <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I mean, I, I'm with, I'm with uh, this. I, I want to see Patrick Reed um, hit the first one. Uh, for the Americans, I just feel like uh, he's 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 so he, the guy was changing his shoes today in the parking lot for the Tour Championship wearing that. cowboy boots. Like he's that, so boots. American, he's changing yeah. putters this week to have a Team USA Odyssey putter in there. It's it's unbelievable. You know, I, I'll actually go with this. I like Sergio starting off. I think Sergio yeah. is a great start off point for the Europeans. Uh, you know, he's golly. I've got, I went back and Getty Images and was looking at pictures of Sergio Garcia. You know, you forget how long ago he started this. I mean, he looked oh, like a yeah. kid, but uh, yeah, I was. like I like Reed versus Sergio in that first team match. I mean, throw in whoever you want there. Throw in Jordan. Throw in you know Rory or Justin or whoever. But I think right. those two are fun. Uh, next question: Leon asked, uh, which Euro player is most likely to choke Sunday afternoon, and which Euro has the most firepower? With Poulter not being mm. there. And let me say, Ian Poulter, still a vice captain. So still will be there in some capacity. That's a great question. Uh, choke. You know, this might sound surprising, but I was thinking about this the other day. And this is a weird name to bring up when you're talking about choking. But if you're a Europe, if you're a captain of Europe, down deep in your soul, the part yourself you don't talk about at night, do you want Rory facing a huge clutch six foot breaking putt <laughs> for a point. major point. A you know, point. right now this year, I sure wouldn't. And yeah, he won. He, he won. He, I think his stat was, he went from like 77th and putting to seventh and wins, but that 77th rank was like three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Right. So I think Rory with a big putt, I think that spells choke all over it. Is, is there a Europe player you think is going to have uh, added firepower, you know, you know, next week in particular that that's going to kind of take the place of Poulter? Yeah, I think a good Poulter replacement would be Danny Willett. That's who I, mean, I have. That's the really? same person I have on my list. Oh, oh, see, we should still be working together. <laughs> so, yeah, he he he's got that. You know, Danny Willett. He's 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 uh he's he's got some fire in there. I, I'd love to see him fist pumping and yelling. And so, someone's got to take that mantle. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you, it's it's Willett or Justin Rose, really, when you look at this. And I mean, as for yeah. the question about choking, I mean, this European Tour team has six rookies. I mean, six rookies. Um, it's hard to kind of pick one out of that, but you know, I mean, you mentioned it. You've got a putt on Sunday coming down the stretch, and, and when you look at these two teams, you know, you look at this European Tour team. There are some guys on this team that have been known over the years to struggle with big time putts, and I mean, you mentioned Rory yep. the last couple of years. You know, Lee Westwood, a guy that's never been the best of putters. Uh, so you yeah. know, I mean, there are some guys out there that have been known to kind of kind of hit a couple of shaky ones. Uh, I will say they've also got some guys that have been known to make a few. Uh, I would not like to see Martin Keimer with a seven-footer to win the cup. I'll just say that. Uh, I wanted to ask a question of my own to you, uh, mm -hmm. and, and quickly: Which American uh, versus Euro singles match, you know, would you like to see the most? Which one would you, see? if it if it came up uh, Saturday evening, which one would you go? Oh my goodness! I hope they have a. I hope they have a channel committed to this one. I think I think it's easy for me because I call it the revenge, the the, the revenge match: Phil versus Henrik Stenson, right? I mean, who played better golf That's a great than those one. two coming down the stretch this year? Let's see it again. I love that. I, I, you know what? That's a great one. I didn't even think about that. I, I, I had Danny Willett versus Spieth because it's a revenge one oh. as well. I mean, even yes. Willett kind of with the, 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 the retweet or the like or whatever on the, on the picture about the face, the new face yes. of the Masters when, uh, when he went on to win it. I, there's so many out there. But I like, I like Phil Stinson. I love it. You know? Phil, get a little revenge. You played great golf and still couldn't claim that cup, uh, the, the Clara Jug. Uh, right. Maddie, I know you're a big fan of Swing Juice, the leader in comfortable, clever golf t-shirts on all the internets. Swing Juice has been rolling out some Ryder Cup gear for both American fans and European fans alike. Uh, we should send one to Chris Wood for coming on the podcast. Uh, they're available on the website now, swingjuice.com, but that's not it. You can use the offer code BACON. It'll save you 20%. That's free money, Maddie. For Americans, the Made in the UST is perfect for lounging on the couch next weekend. For our English contingent, they have a cup tee that's adorned by the Union Jack right in the middle of it. It's a very cool shirt. Uh, they make great shirts for men and women. Uh, they sent some this week to me and sent some to Cindy, and she loves them. Uh, use the offer code BACON to save 20% swingjuice.com. Uh, I know you're probably wearing one right now. Well, if you, watch, if you do watch 
at Golf Show Live, Facebook Live on Monday, you'll see that Monday and every week I wear a Swing Juice t-shirt. So, yes. Uh, okay, we mentioned Tiger. Uh, I had Paul Ezinger on the clubhouse last week, and he said that he would pick Tiger Woods if he had a chance. If he was Davis Love, <laughs> he would pick Tiger. Uh, uh, I mean, is there is there any chance? I mean, you said it, but just give me give me a paragraph on why this would make any sense. There is no chance, probably. But okay, when I was in high school. <laughs> I like the, the the band The Cure came out. I'm dating myself, Shane. Man, here, that is such a, wow. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> shut up! I'm a little older than you, and all the girls in my school went crazy for it. They were like, "Oh my god, pictures of you!" And I secretly loved it, but I was scared to admit it. I couldn't admit it out loud that I liked them. And then one day, one of my brother's older friends, whose musical taste was awesome and cool, he goes, "Oh yeah, that Cure stuff's really good, man." And I was like, "Oh, I was free." to say that I loved it. And when I heard Paul Azinger on your podcast say in a serious tone, like, yeah, why not pick Tiger, man? I was like freed because I had been thinking about it since Tiger said he was going to play in the wraparound. I said, why not pick him? Listen, if he, if he, if he loses, you just sit him. So what, but can you imagine what it would do to that team, to this country, to the world, to the golfing world, to have him teeing off in a Ryder cup? Look, we, we can't get any worse. We freaking lost them in every way conceivable right. the last, right? It can't get any worse, so let's do something. Let's shock the system. I, I think the Ryder Cup task force thing was, was silly. I think uh, it was overkill. I agree with Jack Nicholas. You shouldn't give it that much <laughs> thought. Like, let's do this. It'll set everything in motion. It'll spark this team. It'll spark this country. It'll spark golf. I'm all for it. It can't do any harm. It really can't. The only mm-hmm. person that can harm really is him if he goes out and plays really horribly. But if, yeah, if he's but, but, good where, enough and he's healthy enough to play, he can do it. You know, I mean, to me, I mean, even that, I mean, why would it harm him? Him? Where's the embarrassment? I mean, you know, the, the only golf we've seen him play all year are three wedges he chunked from 100 yards into a lake. I mean, good point. you know, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a guy that's necessarily been like one leg winning U.S. Opens last couple of years. I mean, it's been a long time since he was a, a factor, since he was somebody. I, I, I know it's silly. Listen. It's silly. It's crazy. I mean, it'd be like, uh, you know, if we needed a starting shooting guard for the for the USA basketball team, and somebody mentioned Jordan, you'd kind of scoff it off. But you know, right. my, my what you said is is true. The golf world would get such a shot in the arm. Oh. I mean, it would it would outrate it. I truly believe this. I think there's a decent chance that it could get similar ratings to maybe Thursday night football if Tiger played that first match Friday. And I mean, yeah, call me crazy, whatever. A Tiger wins that. Could you imagine the buzz on Sunday when he plays in those singles matches? It would be unbelievable. I mean, I, I love this new generation of golfers. I get so sick of, of going on radio shows and they asking me about Tiger. Yeah, but that I being agree. said, Tiger still brings our sport to something that's that's completely different that we've never seen before. And him being there for one team match in the single match would, if nothing else, uh, make this Ryder Cup the most watched of all time and, and maybe the most talked about. But uh, it's it. Listen, it's fun to talk about. Who knows? Uh, he probably not going to do it. I mean, he would be he would be considered crazy if he did it. But hey, Davis Love, whatever. It, it, I mean, it's not like you. Davis Love's a pretty chill guy. I mean, it would, it would shake up his legacy. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Chris. Chris asked, uh, based on Zinger's podcast, which American course that the PJ Tour plays regularly would be best home course advantage for the United States team. We talked about this with Paul Azinger last week uh, on the podcast. Wanted to get your thoughts. I was thinking about your neck of the woods, TBC Scottsdale. But then I, then I thought, <laughs> how about Trump Doral? The name alone is going to scare off any non-American. Where are we going to play the Ryder Cup? Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, so I mentioned John Deere Classic. I mentioned the TPC yeah. Deere Run Golf Course there. So yeah. I was looking over some courses that we play. Um, so let me just give you some of the, the recent champions. Uh, yeah. Ryan Moore, you know, a potential pick this year, won this year. Mm-hmm. Speeds won it two times in the last three years. Uh, Stricker, a Ryder Cup staple, uh, won it three times. Uh, Zach Johnson, a winner in 2012. Kenny Perry was on this team, won it in 08. Uh, let me also give you this stat. This event has been around since 1972. There has never been a European winner. Never. There you go. Let's take it to TPC Deer Run. A wedge contest. For whatever reason, Americans seem to play really well there. I think the I think Americans won the last nine or ten years uh, in this event, so hey, maybe the Europeans don't play it. I know it's uh, I know it's right up against the, the 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 British Open, which probably makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, I mean, Noah, you, at least if nothing else, on paper, it looks like it would give us an advantage. By the way, earlier you asked me if a name w- was on my mind, and I of course thought of Tiger, but 
in reality, the name that you just mentioned, Ryan Moore, is the name that I would love to see get picked on this team. I think he's a warrior. I think he's a quiet, stoic warrior. I think we have enough flash on the team. You know, you got a pretty ballsy lefty veteran on that team. Um, he is Ryan Moore. You know, I, wa- I was at Deutsche Bank and I followed him for, uh, for a lot of the tournament, and uh, he's just—he's got it. Whatever rider, whatever it is that the it thing with the Ryder Cup is, I think he's got it. I really do, uh, and it's just an opinion, but I would love to see him on that team. Thomas asked, which name gets shouted more by drunk spectators, Baba Booey or Harambe? Jeez. <laughs> oh, isn't, isn't, uh, isn't Baba Booey over? It's Baba Boring at this point. <laughs> Nailed I mean, it. Nailed it. Nice. Nice. You, did you write that down? I, I No. You know, Shane, I'm an improvisational comic, so you, this stuff you, just flows from me. Um, I I, I think it's probably over. I mean, you talked about those purple vests. Wasn't that when that was popular? But the problem is the <laughs> yeah. yell stuff anyway. I just want, listen, if you're going to yell something, my only ask is this. If you yell something, at least yell something that'll make Johnny Miller chuckle. Because he chuckles at clever go. original stuff. He doesn't chuckle at Baba Booey or Mashed Potatoes. Yeah, it's just so done. It's so done. As I as I mentioned in my aforementioned uh, cure story, I don't like things that are just super popular and played out. Like think of something new, kids. Come on, Harambe. I, at least I gave you credit for that. That was that was different. Yeah, new kids. Uh, you mentioned also a really popular new band, New Kids on the Block. So you, I love mean, them. I could check them out right now. You should, new yeah, kids yeah. on the block. Yeah, write that All down. Right. Uh, Kevin okay. Hilton asked. Uh, DL three puts one of our players' names in an envelope to sit in case someone on the European to- team is injured and can't play singles, what name should be in that envelope? I think the mustache has to go in. Ricky Fowler, right? I mean, I I know everyone's talking about it, but it's the, you know, he he ain't in the tour championship. And, oh, oh, he's talking about another Ofer. Isn't he Ofer? He's like Ofer 3 in Ryder Cup, 03 and 5 or something. So Well, he had had that enormous um, half point. Four years ago, when true, um, he yep. he had to have it. I mean, he it was, I think it was a Celtic Manor, and he, and he won the last four holes, yep. and uh, it was incredible. I mean, Ricky was super young at that point. I mean, he wasn't Ricky Fowler then, right? Um, and and really, that was kind of his Ryder Cup. Uh, uh, you know, that was the, the kind of the the lasting memory of him at the Ryder Cup. But I mean, you know, my my I was watching, uh, you know, the 2014 Ryder Cup the other day, and I mean, Rory McIlroy. Uh, I mean, he could have played with tw- with ten clubs and probably would have won that singles match. That's how yeah, impressive that's he was against Ricky. So, you know, I I, I, I hate to agree with you. I, he's he's the, he's the same name. I would I would probably put in there. As of now, that being said, yeah. you know, I, I'm not sure when the envelope has to be presented. I'm not sure if it has to happen before the matches begin or during the matches. Um, but you know, if somebody goes out there and and, and puts up a stinker, if, if you know, right. if Dustin Johnson doesn't win a point, you know, maybe you say. Right. Whatever, but as of now, I, I'm I'm with you. Sadly enough, listen, the Ricky Fowler. I, I love pick, him. I love yeah, him. It's I mean, no critic. Right. It's just what it is. Yeah, and and you know, people. I had some Ricky Fowler questions, and I didn't really include them. But you know, I did want to say about the Fowler pick is this still is a presentation. It, it, I mean, the Ryder Cup is a thing that the PGA of America wants uh, presented with with the utmost potential to be seen and. Ricky Fowler is one of the most popular names in all of golf, European, American, or otherwise, and adding him to this team brings viewers. It does. I was on the putting green yesterday practicing my putting, which is something I rarely do, which I can tell a lot in my golf game. And uh, <laughs> there were there was a dad with two kids, and they were doing a little putting match, and both the kids were completely decked out in, in Puma out, outfits, and you know one of them had like the orange belt and the orange shorts, and I'm sitting there going, yeah. you know, this is a guy that brings kids to the viewership, and that is just as important as a half a point, in my opinion, when you look at what they're trying to do with this Ryder Cup. You know, like that or not, I mean, that that's part of this. But um, Yeah, you know, it, it, no question. Yeah, but, right, and, so, and by, by the by, since, since you bring it up, Shane, uh, if you're over 30, uh, take it easy on the Ricky Fowler gear. Take it I'm one, take a couple, down, couple notches down. I said this on Twitter the other day. Everybody <laughs> that plays golf needs to take the outfit game down like two notches. It's getting to the <laughs> point. So it's getting to the point where I'm like, how long did you spend matching all this together? I mean, it's unbelievable. Yes, yes. and you're not, you're not, your your Thursday night beer league is not the European <laughs> tour. So easy on the skinny slacks <laughs> and the Travis Matthews, and, and you've the, got a beer and gut. The joggers, yeah, yeah. Avoid the joggers. I totally agree. <laughs> um, Shosh asked, uh, what would the golf equivalent to be? Uh, the Nike Oregon u- uniforms actually followed up and said, "Do you mean one in particular?" And, and she was saying, "No, no, no, all." All of the Nike, you know, Oregon has a new uniform every single yeah. time. 
Um, so, you know, I was looking back over the years, and can you, is there anything that, that when you think of a Ryder Cup uniform that, that brings up thoughts more than, than the shirts in the 99 Ryder Cup? I feel like that's right. the one you have to go with. Yeah, that's, the, of course, the famous one that it's like it's just in burnt, burned into your brain, the framed pictures on the shirts. But uh, i, I got to go back to the lavender that I sent you the other day. That was a surprise to me. I, I watched every shot of that Ryder Cup, every single shot. I've watched every shot of every Ryder Cup since I've been able to watch it on TV, and I have no memory of those lavender vests. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search, search, was it 2010 Ryder Cup? Search, uh, just search the boom baby, Jeff Overton year, and you'll see they're wearing lavender sweater vests. It was phenomenal. Um, Nike itself was actually, Shane, doing a good job of, of kind of, uh, going the Nike Oregon uniforms with, with the colors they have, you know, um, everything's bright neon, um, and the, and the collarless shirt, I would say that's the, to answer a question. I would say the closest thing to the Oregon uniform is probably the new Nike collarless shirt that they have going on. Well, uh, I, I mean, I, I love the Nike stuff, you know, for the most part, but again, I think that your point is exasperated here. If you're like 45 and you're wearing the collarless Nike, let's again, <laughs> one notch down, just take it one <laughs> notch down, dress your age. That's important on the golf course, just as much as it is day to day life. Uh, golf what, is what if the Ryder cup, I'm sorry, Shane, but what if, what if they just went retro? Like, what if they just went huge hats, like hu- those huge hats in the 80s, right? And then, like, the super puffy shirts and the pleats, khakis with pleats in them. Oh, that would be so cool if they just went 80s retro, like 85, 84 retro outfits. I, I mean, mean I, listen, you're not getting any complaints out of me, even 1%. <laughs> I, 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 I think any retro stuff is exactly the way I like to go. I, I did have a question. I, I got an email. Um, from Adam Steins, he said um, he was watching the 99 Ryder Cup. Um, he was watching, you know, Payne Stewart when he was coming back and, and taking down Colin <sighs> Montgomery. He said, you know, <sighs> after looking at the rotations of captains, you know, if, 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 the, if the tragedy with Payne Stewart doesn't happen, you know, he's easily a captain somewhere, you know, around the Corey Pavin, Hal Sutton days. I, I, I spend more time probably thinking about Payne Stewart th- than most people just because um, he was such a fiery competitor on the golf course. Mm-hmm. I mean, how... You think about the landscape of American golf. It would be different with Payne Stewart around. This would be a guy that had been vice captains a lot, could get people fired up, and would have been a captain that I think people would have really, really taken to. The images of the Ryder Cup that I love are Seve all in blue. When he makes that putt, he does that little swashbuckling buckling, you know, fist pump swipe across his body. And then I love Duval and Justin Leonard's reactions in the 99. But my number one... Ryder Cup memory that gives me the chills even now when I just talk about it, my hair's standing up my arms, is Payne Stewart chewing that Nicorette gum <laughs> that he was chewing at that Ryder Cup, you know, that putt he made uh, at 17, and then of course the famous, you know, just the way he played coming down the stretch, uh, chewing that gum, just like, no way. You can just see it in his face, like, I might go down, but I ain't going down without a fight. And absolutely, when in, in 1999 when he died, um, I remember like it was yesterday, uh, it was the year I got married and I remember, um, watching it and, you know, watching that ghost flight go, it's just horrible. Uh, golf would absolutely fundamentally have been different had he survived. Absolutely been a captain. I'm sure a winning captain. Um, he was at the peak of his life and game. He had calmed down. He had a beautiful family. It's, it's, I think we don't fully understand what a huge loss that was, um, Unless we really stop and think about right, it, for sure. I mean, he was he, he was and he was such a talent. I mean, this was a guy that 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 was you know gutsy and, and had that kind of U.S. Open champion mold, which uh, you know to me translates. And when, when you look at these players that you feel like do really well in the Ryder Cup, you know those guys that can grind out you know those those final rounds. I mean, look at Justin Rose. You know, you know wins a, a, a U.S. Open and has been kind of a stalwart in the uh, in the Ryder yeah, Cup yeah. for the Americans. I mean, these are the type. I mean, the Europeans. These are the type of players I think that that can really. That really kind of change almost the team room um, to to change uh, to change from 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 serious to the last question we have a little lighter. Uh, David Earl asked, "I'm Canadian. Which team should I cheer for?" It's a great question. Wow, uh, you gotta go. You gotta go Europe because I've just spent I just spent some time in Canada the last couple of years working on that the aforementioned history show that the History Channel show that I host. And that uh, Curse of Oak Island takes place in Canada. I've spent a lot of time in Canada. 
And uh, it's a very European-feeling place. The people are very um, well-spoken. The poutine. I mean, we don't have poutine. We call it cheese and gravy fries, for God's sakes. They call it poutine. Why why is that? Of all things that we've taken from other countries, a fatty meal that includes French fries feels like a layup for Americans. What's going on here? Yeah, I've uh, actually, I guess I should announce it now. I'm quitting my career and uh, I'm launching a full-on PR campaign to bring poutine to the States. P- poutine uh, so and be- chorizo is what it's going to be called. Yeah. It'll, be at all, yeah. it'll, be on, it'll be right next to all the, the Schlotzkys around the country. No, go American. Of course, you're right above us, for God's sakes. Go American. What are you, crazy? We'll invade you if you don't go American. Gotta go USA. I totally agree. Listen, you uh, Canadians are a team that roots for underdogs. And frankly, yep. we are underdogs in this. Maddie, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I always love talking to you. You're one of my favorite people in all the world, much less all of golf. A reminder, Maddie has the golf show on Facebook Live each Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm assuming you'll have one following the Tour Championship and then one that follows the Ryder Cup. You got it. Maddie, thanks so much. Chris Wood will be up next. And I'm happy to welcome into the clubhouse Chris Wood, who will be making his first start at the Ryder Cup for Team Europe at Hazeltine. Chris burst on the scene at the 2009 Open Championship with a tie for third after a tie for fifth the year before as an amateur. He had his biggest win of his career this season at the BMW PGA Championship. Chris, I appreciate you joining us. No problem. Uh, first question, and I, I ask everybody this on the podcast, and you have to be honest. That's that's the key to this question. What have okay. you had? What have you had to eat today uh, throughout the day? Um, I have had. Uh, I'm a big fan of this cereal we get over here. So it's called Weetabix. So I've had four of those. <laughs> I've had poached eggs. I've had a protein shake after I was in the gym, and I've had a bowl of chili con carne. Uh, and a smoothie, actually. So, um, and a flapjack. Yeah, it's pre- um, pretty healthy. Everyone likes a bit of sugar every now and then. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, first question, of course, and it, it's got to be about the Ryder Cup. Um, was there a moment this season uh, where you realized, oh my goodness, I'm going to be on the European Ryder Cup team? Uh, a little bit, but I sort of feel like that's where I'm at, really, and um it's not really so much of a sort of shock like that really it's more of a this is where i want to be and um it's happened sort of thing so it's where i've sort of planned planned to be this season to give myself a chance and i did and obviously making it cements that but um no it's not i'm not sort of taking it in my stride really because if you sort of think of it any other way it can probably get the better of you and just got to sort of try and cope with everything that comes with it as well as you can and try and prepare well and the golf sort of hopefully will take care of itself and we'll win five in a row. <laughs> well, where, where does this accomplishment, I mean, you mentioned this is, uh, you know, this was part of your uh, journey, if you will. I mean, part of what you wanted to do. Where does this accomplishment rank um, in your career check marks uh, so far? In, I mean, you're only 28 so far in your career. Uh, it's certainly up there, yeah. Um, I think I'll always hold sort of, I won the silver medal as an amateur in the Open, and um, that sort of kick-started my career, really. So that'll always be held is probably my highest achievement. And then obviously winning the BMW PGA this year, which is our biggest event on the European Tour. Um, <clears throat> it, you know, in my home country comes close. And then making the team, I think, Making the team is obviously a huge achievement, but I think you know winning it would feel very, very special and probably run everything else that I've achieved probably very close, even if not even slightly better. And you're one of six rookies for Darren Clark. I've wondered, you know, for the Americans, the pressure is to end this streak uh, that Europe's been on. They've won what is it? I think it's yeah. six of the last seven, uh, eight of the last ten. What's the pressure like for you and the rookies in particular to keep the streak going, to keep this winning streak going for Europe? I don't know. I think Europe, we're always going to have a Ryder Cup where there was like a changing of the guard. So like the faces and names that people have been used to seeing in it year after year for the past four or five maybe aren't there now. Um, 
and that's happened this year. Like you say, half the team rookies. Um, but people sort of might not know quite so much about us, but yeah, we can play, and yeah, we obviously we're in that team for a reason. Um, so yeah, the American team went through it a couple of years ago at Glen Eagles. You know, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, and so on. They were rookies at that point. Um, so it's just happening for us this year. Pressure-wise, we we always seem to be the underdogs, Europe, but that doesn't do us any harm. So, um, yeah, we always sort of seem to come together as a team and perform. Um, and I wouldn't have thought this year would be much different. Why do you feel like the Europeans are underdogs? I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, it, I, I said the stats. I mean, it's incredible. Six of the last seven, eight of the last ten. Why do you feel like every time this ma- these matches come around, people almost underestimate what the Europeans are capable of doing? That's a good point, really. Um, I suppose on paper you look at um, things like maybe there's more Americans in the top 30 in the world on their team than there are on the European team. Um, the PGA Tour is always seen as a more of a powerhouse to the European Tour. People have got that perception, but you know, people tend to sort of make their minds up on those sort of things, don't they? And forget that you know we can play on the European Tour, but we're all pretty good. So <laughs> um, yeah, we give you guys a run for your money every time. I mean, and, and we've seen a lot of news about the the Americans. I mean, of course, over here, you know, we get a lot more news on that team. But Phil Mickelson said uh, the teams and the matchups have already been set. Um, we've heard how influential Tiger Woods has been and how how into this he's been. Um, I feel like the news has been a bit muted on the European side. How much prep have you done in particular in terms of possible teammates and, and who you might get matched up with? And how much contact have you had uh, with Captain Clark in the last few weeks? Yeah, I've had quite a bit of contact with him. Um, we had a good chat on Tuesday night over here, um, you know, about potential pairings and um, all sorts, really. You know, the time that you get during the week and preparing, you know, particularly myself and the other five rookies for those sort of things. Because um, obviously we're used to having our own time at normal events. Yeah, we could finish practice at three o'clock. We could go to the gym. We could, you yeah, know, we could have an afternoon off or that or whatever. Um, but next week's going to be very different because it's, things are scheduled for us. So we've you know, chatting to him about managing your time and all those sort of things. So um, I've known sort of Aaron since I turned pro, and he was great for me at the start. Um, so yeah, to play under him uh, in the in the team next week will be be amazing. Well, okay. So so put yourself in this situation. It's next Thursday night. Uh, Darren says, Chris, you're going out with blank tomorrow. What name would you be most excited to hear uh, as your first ever Ryder Cup partner? Uh, I don't know if I can tell you that. <laughs> you ha- you, ha- you got to pick one. I don't think anybody's going to be offended. Um, you know what? I'm going to sit on the fence and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I've made the Ryder Cup team, Darren. I'll play with anyone you want me to. <laughs> well, okay, then, then I'll give you a reverse of that. Um, is there a single American that you would be excited, fired up, um, interested in playing in singles? Because we've heard this. I mean, we, we've heard players mention, we want blank. We want to play this person on Sunday singles. Is there somebody that you feel like you'd, you'd, you'd have almost trouble sleeping, uh, knowing that you get, you get excited getting to play that person you know, come next Sunday? Uh, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I mean, you know, to play somebody like Phil would be um, something I'd relish and I'd really look forward to. I've never, I've never been paired with him, actually. Um, you know, I've grown up watching him and admiring what he's done in the game. Um, so to, you know, given, to be given an opportunity to play him in a singles match or something on a Ryder Cup Sunday would be um, pretty special. Uh, but once I was out on the golf course, Obviously, I'm trying to win a point for Europe, so um, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I mentioned you're 28 years old. I mean, you've been around to watch plenty of Ryder Cups. I'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming you're much like me, and you're glued to the TV when they're on. Uh, why do you feel like the Europeans have had such a stranglehold, a stranglehold on this uh, the last some 20 years? I mean, why, why do you feel like that team uh, almost thrives when it comes to Ryder Cup matches? 
Um, I mean, everyone says it, don't they? The team spirit that Europe have, and it's true. I mean, we we um, we go into tournaments every week, and we we go out for dinner together. Um, we play practice rounds an awful lot. We see each other when we're away from tournaments, um, and it sort of comes naturally, really, to sort of bond together like that. Um, I know the younger lads have sort of seem like they're doing that a little bit more in America um, and you know it's sort of things like that just bring the Europeans together um, so it's got a big part to play in the Ryder Cup success yeah I mean it's just a bit it's just probably a, a comfort level I mean I mean I'm sure you have friends on this on this European tour team um, who you've grown up playing junior golf with and then played team matches I mean it's got to feel more comfortable knowing the guys uh, inside and out that you're teamed up with, especially, I mean, if you look at the, the European tour team, there are a lot of English players on this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I played uh, amateur golf. I played going back sort of, well, 15 years, really. I played against Andy Sullivan. I played against Dan. Um, obviously, like Matt Fitzpatrick's the youngest member on our team. Um he was still probably a junior when we were playing amateur golf against each other. Um, so yeah, people like that I've known for a long time. That does make it a lot easier going into things like this. Um, you are more comfortable with people you've known for that sort of length of time, aren't you? So, um, yeah, that'll make a huge difference, uh, being a rookie on the team. Okay. I have to ask you a gear question. How much free stuff team Europe stuff has arrived at your house over the last couple of weeks. Well, it's Clarky. We know he we know he loves nice things, so um, I'm I'm sure he's going to look after us quite well. Um, yeah, he, he he loves the designer brand, doesn't he? So um, yeah, he'll, I'm sure there'll be a few nice treats for us next week. Uh, you haven't played a ton in the United States; just 25 starts on the PGA Tour in your career. Could you ever see yourself spending more time on this side of the pond, or, or do you feel like uh, where you land is on the European tour? For the moment, yeah, I do. Um, I do enjoy it when I come over, I've got to say. Um, yeah, I played a little bit more this year, uh, the likes of Bay Hill, um, events like that. Um, and certainly around the majors and things like that, I'll look at trying to perhaps get the odd invite into events if, if I can um, around those events and try and build a bit more experience over there because you know it's, it is different to how it is over here in Europe. But I do love being at home. So, um, you know, for now I'm, I'm happy in, in Europe, but I need to, I want to start dipping my toe a little bit more in uh, onto the PGA tour. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we've all been told over the years the European Tour has this camaraderie. I mean, the, the, it's 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 more relaxed. It's more fun to play on that tour. Does it still feel like that? I mean, are players still grabbing pints, you know, on a Monday night, you know, pre-tournament week? A few do. They'll remain nameless. <laughs> um, <laughs> some even stretch to a pint on a Wednesday night. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it is good. You know, you can come down to the bar in the hotel in the evening and, you know, you might be on your own for dinner and there's always three or four lads to join or um, that sort of thing. So um, everyone tends to meet in the hotel and go out for dinner together. Um, and it's always portrayed over here that in America, it's more room service or players are with their families, um, which is fine. So, um, yeah, it's just a little bit different. And you mentioned earlier you won the BMW PGA Championship this year, one of the top two biggest events on the European Tour uh, for a guy that that's accomplished a lot, I mean, you've won. You mentioned the 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 silver medal and the top the two top fives of the Open Championships back to back earlier in your career. What did this win do for your confidence? Not just you know after the win, but going forward, knowing that you know you've won one of the biggest events over there. Yeah, well, I I've sort of always been to watch the PGA um, when I was younger. Like my dad would always take me. It's only a, sort of an hour and a half from where I live, and um, we'd always go up maybe on the Friday or something and watch all day. And I just wanted to play in the tournament. That was my dream to just play in the tournament and, uh, to, to win it is, yeah, it's sort of, it's one of the events that as an Englishman, you'd want to win. It's like a bucket list sort of tournament to win. Um, so to win it 
when I've still got plenty more goes at it as well is yes obviously got me off to a nice start really (laughs) and to win it in a Ryder Cup year is obviously even better so um, yeah it's just you know for us outside a major it's it's right up there for an event you'd want to win all right I'm going to get you out on this I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions so just quick answers um, they're pertaining to the Ryder Cup so here we go. You you got you got to yeah. get locked. I need you locked in like you're you're over a ten footer on the last okay. hole. Okay. <laughs> All right. Funniest guy on Team Europe. On Team Europe, Henrik Stenson. Best driver of the golf ball on Team Europe. Mm, Rory followed by a close second, Westwood. Okay. Best putter. Me. I was going to say, you can say yourself on some of these. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then here, and then we'll follow right into this. Guy you'd want standing over a 10-footer on Sunday to win the Ryder Cup and retain it for Team Europe? The German, Martin Keimer, because he's done it before. God, that guy, that guy revived his career with that putt at Medina. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, American player you think has the best potential to go undefeated at the Ryder Cup. And again, this isn't you saying he's going to do it, but just just player you think has the best potential to do that. Someone maybe like Zach Johnson. Just sneaky, tough, gritty, can get it done. I, I, yeah, I like that answer. Exactly. Uh, yeah. is, is, are, are you buddies with any of the Americans on that team? I mean, are those guys you're friends with, or, or is it just because you haven't been over much that you haven't got a chance to hang with a lot of them? Yeah, probably, probably more that. Um, I had a bit of a chat with Zach at the PGA. Um, really nice guy, um, but I don't, you know, I don't know enough of them that well, obviously. But the more time I spend over there, the more I play together with them and those sort of things. You get you get to know each other. Um, I know Brooks fairly well, obviously having played over here a little bit. Um, so I get on well with Brooks. But um, yeah, apart from that, I don't know many of the guys too well. Uh, okay, well, th- th- I appreciate it, Chris. I-, I appreciate it. I started with a food question. I'll end it with this. You mentioned the cereal that, that that's kind of exclusive to your, your area. Will you be bringing a couple of boxes over when you come over to Hazeltine? Yeah, they actually sent me about 40 boxes <laughs> a few weeks ago for my house, so um, I've got enough to bring over. I could drop them in the American team room if, if they want any. I know it's going to be in your, in your carry-on for sure when you fly over. Chris, we appreciate the time. Good luck next week at Hazeltine, and enjoy the moment. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Well, that'll do it uh, for this week. Fun podcast. Many thanks to Matty Blake. A uh, big shout out and a thanks to Chris Wood as he gets prepared for his first ever Ryder Cup. Uh, as I mentioned, you can follow me at Shane Bacon on Twitter. Follow us at the Clubhouse Pod. That's the Clubhouse's Twitter account. Uh, the Clubhouse Twitter is actually run by the podcast. I don't know how it works, but that's how they do their thing. Uh, we'll be back next week as Ryder Cup week is fully uh, steaming ahead. Uh, on to Hazeltine and, and really the, the some of the most fun three days in all of golf. Uh, I'll have a pick next week who I think is going to go on, and we'll dissect you know who Davis Love finishes up with, his final pick he'll make on Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. I really hope it's not Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he might be leaning towards a football player. I just don't – I've seen Aaron Rodgers' golf swing. It's good. It's not great. Uh, I think he wants to go professional golfer. But that'll do it this week. Uh, shout out to Swing Juice. Make sure you check out swingjuice.com, 20% off, and we will talk to you next week. Play well.